coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougs go to 5-0 after a win in Logan where things got real under the Friday night lights. Now it's a Saturday matinee with Boise State in town. And we're talking it up with the head coach and defensive lineman Gabe Summers next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another edition of the Sitake Show. Hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter. And we'll take questions off the Twitter later in the show. And for those watching live, you can take part in our live polls via the Opine app on your phone. Watch for poll questions throughout tonight's show. Coming up on this evening's broadcast, we will recap BYU's win over Utah State, a win that vaults the Cougars into the AP Top 10 this week. We'll go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and linebacker Ben Bywater. Deep Blue will profile wide receiver Chris Jackson tonight, and defensive lineman Gabe Summers will saunter into our studio. So we have a lot to do. And without further ado, here's the man whose name is on the show. He is the head coach of the Cougars. He is Kalani Sitake. What's up, everyone? Well, the weather's chilling out, but it's always shorts weather for you. Yeah, I said my calves are my best feature, so I'm going to show it off as long <laughs> as I can. <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like football for real now. It's got a little crisp outside. And Were you guys outside today? Yeah, I mean, for the first part of practice and the offense went inside a little bit, uh, defense stayed out, and, and it was a little wet on the field, but it's okay. It might rain on Saturday, so I think the offense was doing some install and just wanted to run clean plays. Defense doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> play and, and, and they, yeah. they don't need to be like coddled. It. Yeah, uh, sold out stadium uh, Saturday for Boise State. One thirty kicks. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Really excited. You know, good to be home and, and uh, good to be in front of our fans. And uh, we we know the difference that they can make. And looking forward to showing them off to to the rest of the country. You know, it'll be a nationally televised game. So I'm uh, really excited our, that our fans are going to be there to, to help uh, be be that extra man on the field for us. It's going to be quite the showcase for that ABC broadcast on Saturday afternoon. Normally, we, we talk on this Tuesday show, and the game is, was Saturday, and so you guys have, you feel like it's already kind of been put to bed and you're moving on. Well, we're one farther day away, I guess, because the game was last Friday. Uh, we're going to talk about Utah State to begin the show, and, and before we get into some highlights from that game, uh, just now that you've thought about the way you guys played in Logan, first real hostile environment for the first time in a couple of years, uh, what impressed you most? Yeah, I thought the players uh, held the composure for the, for the entire game, and you know, there, there were, it was a hostile environment, and we asked our players to enjoy it, have fun, have fun with it. And uh, there's a lot of funny things being said, a lot of mean things, a lot of both, you know, but uh, nothing complimentary, which was really <laughs> cool. But uh, just uh, it, it was a good environment. I thought the players fed off of it, and, um, you know, they, they wanted to, to quiet the crowd, and I, I thought they had that opportunity to do it. It was a trophy game. You're playing for something. Yeah, a heavy trophy. So our our guys are, I mean, our guys are fired up to play in the game. And I, I thought uh, we we faced some adversity. The guys overcame it, and um, and I was really proud of, of the way that they, you know, the, the way that they played. I thought we played a good, tough, physical game. Uh, just really proud of the way our guys performed on the field and and uh, the way they handled the the environment. 
Let's hit the defense first. I thought the defense was outstanding, especially when uh, you had to go to uh, another quarterback, a third-string quarterback, the number three quarterback in the third quarter. And while Jacob Conover took a little while to kind of get going, at that time, the BYU defense really stood tall, kind of had the offenses back at that point and more complimentary football. But I thought the D had a great night. Yeah, we didn't talk about it at halftime that, that Jacob was going to be playing the quarterback position, but the players kind of, they, they knew um, going into it. And I think the, the players, the defensive players, just, just know when it's time to step up. And, and so I was really proud of them. They, they knew how much pressure was going to be on, on Jacob, and they tried to do as, as much as they could to get the ball back for our offense. And, um, you know, whenever you make a team basically one-dimensional, that should help you win the game. And, and I thought for the most part, we took away the run game. The week before, Utah State had good success running against Boise State, and this past week you shut them down. Yeah, we, if we can do that, that'd be great. If we can hold them to under a yard per, per carry, that'd Which be, what happened, that's yeah. a good sign, you know. So uh, I thought, um, you know, and there were some really cool opportunities in the game. I, I'd still like to see us get off the field, but you have to give Utah State credit. They, they kept drives alive. They're, that one drive, there's a couple of really long ones where we had an op- our opportunities to get off the field. But... Uh, you know, they, they made plays, they went for it on fourth down, and so we made it really difficult for them. But uh, there was also a lot of opportunities to get uh, turnovers. The ball was on the ground, we, we dropped a couple uh, uh, sure-handed interceptions that, that I think we could have made. But, uh, that's just always more room for improvement for the next week. In the uh, ASU game, you lost Jaron Hall, and then in the USU game, you lose Baylor Romney. So you were down to a third quarterback, and uh, Baylor had been playing so well. The game before was brilliant, and he was having another great game against Utah State when he went down right before halftime. And it was right before halftime, second to last pass he threw, I think. Yeah, yeah, and he, he threw a pass afterwards. After, so yeah. um, he's a tough kid, you know. We'll, we'll see how, how it looks. Uh, probably know for sure tomorrow if he's able to go or not. Um, so right now we're, we have our fingers crossed and just hoping that he can uh, be able to perform. But, uh, you know, we, we feel comfortable also with uh, Jaron and the progress he's, he's made. And we feel confident that, that Jacob could take over and, and help us win games as well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice the ball was there. Follow the track of the ball. I really didn't notice that he had that reaction after the fall. And then, of course, he threw the next ball. And so I really didn't figure out until I guess he was walking off the field, talk with trainers, and then you guys made the decision to hold him out. Yeah, I think the decision was made just to protect him, and and, and uh, I think it was the right thing to do. So we'll, we'll see how it looks this week. I think um, if you ask Bader, that, that guy's a competitor, so he, you know, he, he wants to get back in there and play. He he was really emotional, wanted to get back on the field, and uh, you know, we, we made the decision as a staff and as as a medical staff to to hold him out, and, and hopefully he he can have a shot at playing this weekend. Okay, can you assess the play of Jacob Conover, how your third quarterback uh, did this year? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, well, when, when, you, when your third quarterback comes in, then a lot of people, you know, they start chomping at the bit a little bit, thinking <laughs> that they can get after him a little bit. And I was really excited that A-Rod's first call was for, to let him air it out a little bit. And, and um, you know, I, 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 we have a lot of confidence in him. We've seen him make plays before in practice. And, um, you know, we, we think he's going to be something special, just like, you know, he was able to, to make some good checks and do some really good things at the line of scrimmage. And I thought he had a good presence about him. And he's only a freshman, so there's a lot more plays that he can make for us. Like a lot of position rooms, your QB room is pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah, we, we feel good about our depth. I mean, I think we can. our depth's been tested enough already <laughs> from everything from kicker to O-line to D-line. So it, it'd be nice to get some guys back on the field and get, 
get us back to full health as soon as possible. You did get someone back, uh, kicker Jake Oldroyd, after missing a couple of games, came back and made a couple of kicks for you on the weekend. Uh, the first field goal he did make set a new BYU record for consecutive field goals made. It belongs to him alone now. That was 16 in a row. He was two for three on the night, I think, on the field goals, made his PATs. Good to see him back and swinging it. Yeah, and, and he kicked he, he kicked the ball when he, on the kickoffs. He did a really great uh, great job. Because you're worried uh, about Savon basement. Scarver, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and we, I mean, it's good to have him back on the field. I, I, we we really appreciate Justin Smith and the things he did for us and in, in, in replacement for for Jake. But uh, uh, you know, it's nice to have our guys at, at full health. In journalism, it's called burying the lead, and so now we get to Tyler Algier. Uh, his his big game was uh, kind of the story of the game, a 200-plus yard rushing game. Uh, he's approaching 2,000 for his career now, and uh, the ultimate combination of size and speed, getting it done for you, and really helping out not only Jacob Conover, but your entire team. Yeah, and he just gets stronger uh, as the game goes on, and, and I, uh, I felt really comfortable with with our training. thought our guys played really strong, and then Tyler broke some tackles and, and, and great vision. And, you know, there's a great blocking downfield for him. I mean, Puka made an amazing block, a couple blocks. And then you look at the O-line, the tight ends, everyone's blocking well. So this is a, it's a team, a stat. And, and I thought Lopini did a great job complimenting uh, Tyler's running. So those two do a great job handling the, the running duties. And, uh, you know, we, we feel like that, that running back position is deep too. I mean, we haven't been able to see, you know, McChesney and, and, and Ropati and, and, and uh, Davis and others that are there, Fakuhua, there's a lot of great runners that can run the ball, but you know, it all starts with Tyler and, and Lopini. He's a big fella, Tyler Algier, <laughs> that is, and for being so big, uh, the speed, uh, the agility, the ability to be nimble, he's kind of got it all. I mean, he really is a fast player when he gets out there. Yeah, and, and I, mean, played, I mean, he's big enough that he played linebacker for us, so, so uh, he's, been, he's got tons of speed and, and ability, and you know, in his younger years, he played a lot of special teams for us, and so covered kicks on, on punt and kickoff, and uh, he's a complete player, and, and really lucky to have him on our team. Let's shout out the O-line. Uh, James Embi could, uh, could not go, so you were starting a new center, uh, and we've already talked about Campbell coming in uh, on the right side at tackle, so there's been some shifting around. I think only two guys have started every game at the same spot. That's your left tackle and left guard at this point, so there's been a lot of rotation and not a lot of drop-off there, Kalani, at all. Yeah, I thought Connor Page did a great job um, starting at center. And he started before. He started at right guard a couple times this year. And so he and Joe Tukuafu have rotated at right guard uh, most of the season. And then this was his opportunity to start at, at center. The center does a lot of our checks and our, and our calls up front. And so it's nice to have a freshman being able to do that and, and not really miss a beat. I mean, we love that James is in there, but it's good to have. Usually you see a drop-off, and there wasn't much of a drop-off. And... Uh, and then, you know, Campbell Barrington did a great job at the right tackle position, filling in for Harris LeChance. Um, it's nice to have those guys to lean on. You, you know, we have some depth at, at O-line, but like I said, we, we, want, we, want, our, we want our horses back, yeah. Right, uh, and James shouldn't be long-term, right? Yeah, he, he practiced today, he looked good. Good, excellent. All right, let's take a look at where BYU sits through uh, five games. And yes, we've already hit the, uh, the near halfway point of the schedule. It'll be six through 12 games through once uh, Boise State is played and there's nothing but W's on the left-hand side. Hope to keep that going this Saturday. And you've been in the Beehive State for so long now. You left to go to Vegas, but you've been in the state of Utah 
ever since. And then the back half of the season will uh, make up for that a little bit. You'll hit the road a few times. Yeah, I'm not even looking at that. All I care about is Saturday against He's Boise not seeing State. the right-hand side of the no, screen, folks. I'm, my right eye is closed. Yeah, I can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> but BYU is indeed 5-0. and And hey, AP poll ranking number 10. BYU is a top 10 team again. Yes, it, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the, the guys have worked hard. And, and I know that there's a lot of uh, questions on, on what we would be like losing all that talent last year. And it's a good sign for us as a program. And, and we'll, we'll see. I mean... We still have a really young team, mm-hmm. but uh, the guys are stepping up and making plays and finding ways to win games, and I'm just really proud of them. I'm proud of the leadership on this team, even though it is young, um, and we have a lot of freshmen and sophomores still on this team, so I'm really looking forward to the future being this Saturday and then see what mm-hmm. else happens after that. Last year's season finished 11th in the AP, and BYU's already up to 10th and just five games in. It's great stuff. Let's head to a break. And for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, we have you watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You can see it and hear it weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Jerem will take us inside the film room with BYU linebacker Ben Bywater. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Here's your game day broadcast schedule for Saturday's showdown with Boise State. BYU looking for a third straight win over the Broncos. We're on the air at 1.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Mountain with radio pregame. One half hour later for countdown to kickoff on BYU TV. You can watch the game on ABC, sync up on the radio, and then both BYU TV and BYU Radio for postgame coverage immediately following the contest. Well, uh, Kalani Broncos come in a two and three on the season, and not often, Boise has three losses this early in a year. Yeah, I don't think that that, um, that record really matters. You know, they're, they're going to be ready to play. And if you look at the games, they're, they're, they, first of all, they've gone, they're going through some injuries themselves, and, and uh, they've had to replace quite a, a bit of players. And not, not being full strength, that makes things really difficult. And then they had some tough teams that they played against. So uh, we know that... Um, you know they're going to be excited to come play us in in our in our home stadium, and uh, you know we're expecting their best shot. And I say it all the time: we just need to make sure that they get ours as well. The losses were to UCF, <clears throat> Oklahoma State, and then this past Saturday at home against Nevada, a game they led at halftime, and then Nevada kind of took over in the second half. Yeah, and they have a lot of athleticism and experience, especially at the quarterback position. So uh, they're 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 a, a difficult team to match up against. I'm excited for the matchup with our players. I, I, I think they're going to test us, and uh, hopefully it brings out the best in our players. Great regional rivalry, and BYU's looking for three in a row. Well, on yesterday's Coordinator's Corner broadcast, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki identified linebacker Ben Bywater as one of his defensive players of the game at Utah State. Here to examine his play in the game at Utah State is Ben Bywater inside the film room with our Jerem Jordan. All right, Ben, you're the rare third-year freshman. Uh, redshirt year, COVID year, and now this year. What's that like, man? It's kind of surreal. I mean, I never thought I'd be a third-year freshman, but, you know. <laughs> Who I'm, does? I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for it, right? Like, I, I was injured last year, so, I mean, to be able to come back and get, like, a real true freshman year, like, I, I'm grateful for it. I'm not complaining, so. Okay, your best game as a Cougar happens in this one. Rivalry game, crowd was great. Nine tackles, three TFLs, two on the first drive. What, what was that like? Obviously, we had a great scheme. The D-line did great, right? Everyone was doing their assignment, and, you know, when, uh, when opportunity meets preparation, you get lucky. So 
I was grateful for that. I love that quote. Okay, let's break down your play. First snap on defense, you get a TFL. Walk me through it. Yeah, so right here, I'm thinking with this backfield set, right, it's either going to be a run to my side or the quarterback's going to pull. So I'm just sitting right here. I'm not going to fall out quite yet just because he's got his leverage there. And then I, uh, one thing happens, and then you gotta, gotta go get it. So you gotta go get it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta go get it. Okay, your first career sack happens two plays later. Yeah, first career sack. I was pretty, I was pretty excited about this one. What we're seeing right now is it's empty, right? There's nobody in the backfield. So we got our three guys up here chewing up blocks, and then me and Peyton, kind of what we're trying to do is see, okay, is he, is he throwing it quick? Do I need to get out? Do I need to, you know, go make a tackle, or is he gonna run it? So right here, nice Amahe in the middle, absolute stud. He goes and swims the center and so he flushes them out right so right here I've got not a ton of responsibilities but uh I was able to just go and make the sack so sack assist should be a stat right Nice would get one right Nice should get a sack assist that I credit that man for everything you gotta flex on him a little bit gotta flex I mean sometimes I look at <laughs> sometimes I look at like what, what was I doing I mean it's the moment spur the moment you have no yep. idea you just going with it Okay, and then second quarter, your third TFL. Yeah, so this one was kind of kind of similar, right? So I'm thinking, okay, it's either run to the boundary or he's gonna quarterback pull. And right here, the DM does a great job. He's got this running back. You see right here, I'm, I'm just waiting for quarterback pull. So we go back, Lopa goes, gets the running back, quarterback pulls. I uh, draw this tackle right to me which is fortunate to make a play. You got to break down and, and tackle them in the backfield. So. Breakdown was the key there, it looked like. Yeah, but you can't, I mean, you can't be getting shook on those plays. So. <laughs> okay, you're number 10 in the country. Yeah. Boise State, another big game. ABC, 1.30 in the afternoon at home. What's your initial thought on another big game? Big game. I'm I'm excited, number one, right? It's They're, they're a great team. And uh, for us to be 10 in the nation, I mean, every game gets bigger at this point, right? Every game is big. I'm excited. It's going to be big. Boise always comes to play. And so playing them at our, you know, home turf this year should be a good game. I'm excited. Okay, thanks, Ben. Thank you. Let's chat, let's chat about a bit about Ben. Uh, he, Max Tooley was kind of dinged up in camp, and so you began the season with Ben taking a larger role there. Then a few weeks in, Keenan Peely goes out, and there's some more shifting around with the linebacking core. Ben's involved again. What can you say about uh, the Olympus High School product, Ben Bywater? Yeah, and he's such a versatile player, so he, he, he does a lot of things that Fred Warner does as well. Um, having him and Peyton and, and Max allows us to get the best 11 on the field, and, and he's a guy that learns more than just one position. So I'm really thankful to have him on the team, and the fact that he's, he's, uh, he's young, I mean, Third-year freshman, but he plays like a senior, and and uh, he 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 works really well with Coach Clune and and the rest of the backers. That that group, I'm really proud of, of the linebacker group, and and you know Keenan continues to, to lead that group as, as a even though he's hurting out for the year, he's still in there and leading those guys. Okay, a bit more about uh, BYU and Boise. It is a regional rivalry. You consider this one of the uh, well, the, you have three rivals in mind right every year. You have Utah, Utah State, Boise State, right? Yeah, th those are the the consistent ones that we we see. For the most part, every year, and so um, you know, we've kind of where where we see these guys, and we see them every year, and the names are familiar, the schemes are very familiar, even though it's it's a different coaching staff. Um, Andy Avalos is, is from the same school uh, of, of what that Boise has, so they're they're in the same tr uh, tree as far as the coaching tree goes. But uh, the, the system, the toughness that they bring, it gets the most out of us, and I'm looking forward to us learning and getting better and and meeting the challenge. They've alternated wins and losses in their first five games. They had that 41-31 loss to Nevada this past Saturday. In that game, 
They couldn't run it. They averaged less than a yard per carry, but Hank Bachmeyer turned around and, and threw for almost 400. Yeah, he's dangerous. And, and, and I mean, he, he knows how to distribute the ball. He's got tons of, of experience. And uh, they, they had some shifting on, on the O-line. I, I, I'm sure they're going to get some guys back and be a little bit healthier. Uh, they, they've had some injury at running back position and tight end. So, uh, you know, we're expecting them to be full strength and, and uh, giving us their best shot. So uh, Bachmeyer is a dangerous person because he could throw the ball. He has great vision and he's also a sneaky runner at the same time. And Shakir, I think he's one of the best receivers in, in college football. One of the more dangerous players out there, Khalil Shakir. Uh, what are your recollections of, uh, of last year's game up in Boise and how much does the, the coaching change impact how the Broncos go about things? Oh, very similar schemes, though. I mean, the, the guys play hard, though. The personnel is is the same. They they, they have big physical O line and D line, and then they have a lot of great skills. So, the, uh, even though maybe different coaches, the schemes are very similar, and uh, we anticipate seeing something that we kind of saw last year, and what we've seen so, so far in film kind of confirms that. What's Andy Avalos' style then? You say once you've looked at it? Yeah, he's a defensive coach. So he he I mean he's a high pressure guy. So we'll see what happens and what they try to do. They've done they've had to shift things around because of injury. Um, so I think every week it's something different. We'll see what happens. I think A-Rod will have a plan. Elisa will have a plan. And I'm going to try to get my new dance ready to roll. <laughs> Hopefully you have one to break out for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the win last year up there was pretty big for the program, wasn't it? It was. I, I think, you know, we got, got on them real quick. And, and um, I think the guys felt really comfortable and, and confident going into the game. And, you know, every week's a different a different story, but I, I think our guys are excited for the opportunity and looking forward to this, this weekend. All right, let's head to break. We'll tell you folks that uh, Monday's at 1 Eastern. We'll talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner. Our guests are Aaron Roderick, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. They rotate every week with me. Tune in live on the BYU TV app, and you can also catch it there on demand as well. After this break, a landmark win for Zach Wilson. Highlights are looking at Cooper's in the NFL, and the coach will take your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics, and by Smith's, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Zitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well, the NFL season four weeks in. Let's check in on our Cougars in the NFL. Zach Wilson led the Jets to their first win. Nice throwing day, a couple of touchdowns, beat the Titans in overtime. Taysom Hill, two very manly touchdowns uh, for the New Orleans Saints against the Giants in their loss to New York. Uh, Fred Warner, nine tackles for the Niners in their loss to the Seahawks. Michael Davis helped the Chargers come out on top with five tackles. They beat the Raiders last night. And Daniel Sorensen, nine solo stops in the Chiefs' win over Philly, 42-30 on the weekend. Let's circle back to Zach uh, Kalani. He's getting a lot of attention because he plays in New York, and so good or bad, people love to see what Zach did on the weekend. And uh, it was his best game. Uh, and uh, people shouldn't be terribly surprised that there's a bit of a learning curve for any rookie quarterback. But you give him enough time, uh, he'll make plays for you. And he, and he did it in an amazing way on Sunday. That's right. And, and, and that, his work ethic will get him right. So as long as they give him time and uh, they're, they're creative in, in the ways to give him time to throw the ball, that's his talent. And, and I mean, he made some deep throws and made it look really easy. And uh, you can tell his teammates are really excited about him. And 
there's a great connection that he's, the camaraderie that he's developing with this team and the love that they have for each other. It, it'll take time, but, but hopefully, you know, they can keep building on these type of wins. I love following what's happening with him. Uh, and, and there are some guys, receivers that have been in the NFL for a long time that are talking about what he does going, like, I've never seen that before. Like, he's, he's so talented with his throws and can make seemingly any play from anywhere. It's going to be fun to see how his career kind of develops because you think the Jets will get better around him, and it should be a, a nice thing to kind of track relative to progress. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the, the connection that he has with his coaches and the, the connection that he has with his teammates, and uh, he's a great teammate. He's a, he's a great person to have in the locker room. He's a captain already. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a good a compliment. That's a good sign that, that they see him as, as, as the leader of the team, and uh, the sky's the limit for him. They just, just, just sit back and and watch what happens. He's going to be fine. Let's get to social media questions for Coach now. Uh, Johnny on Twitter uh, says, since you stated that you don't watch Ted Lasso, that question came up in your press conference, I think. Uh, what shows are you a fan of? Uh, during football season, all I do is watch football. So. <laughs> You're a fan of BYU football. Yeah. You like watching that? How about BYU football with Kalani Sitake? Is a good one <laughs> Go to watch. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I. If I'm going to watch a show, I need to know that the, the, the entire season is complete before I even start it. Because the thing I don't want to do is watch a show and then have to wait another week. Like, we're going back to the 80s, you know. Like that. <laughs> so I, I like to have the whole season complete before I even start it. Second question coming in from Jonathan. Uh, what's been your favorite Boise State game that you've coached in and why? I don't know. I mean, the most recent ones because I remember it the best, you know. So last year was good and, and looking forward to, to you know, this, this weekend. So we'll see what happens. I, I like being at home. Um, last year was a lot of fun, but there's no one there, no one in the stadium. And, 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 and I, I've enjoyed my interactions and my, uh, with, with the Boise State fans uh, when we've been up there in Boise. And so uh, that, we missed that, you know. And, and, and so now we get to have them here at home, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I just love having the fans there, whether we're on the road or, or at home. And uh, we already talked about it a little bit, but it's a sellout. We've known that for a little while now. And so, you know, it's going to be a full house, which uh, has a special feeling, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, we, we, can, we can do, I mean, just love being in, in the stadium. And now that this, the, those video boards are intimidating, they're so big, you know, and <laughs> it, makes, it, makes the, uh, it makes watching a game a lot more fun. Uh, next question uh, from James. How are you keeping the players focused without overlooking the dangerous Boise State team that comes in this Saturday? Well, this this team has been focused. I think the leaders and the the players on the team uh, they live in the moment, and and you can see the celebration in the Utah State game, how much energy they vested and and focus they had in that game, um, and then right afterwards it was like let's move on to the next one, and so I, I saw a team that just you know excited that that were texting each other, watching the Boise game on Saturday, and and. And talking about conference, but then we got to Monday. It was, it's like it's been consistent every week, and, and that's a good sign that the players are taking the initiative and holding each other accountable and keeping focused. Okay, next question coming in. And by the way, it's a hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter for your questions. Uh, what's your go-to food spot after a game? And, I, and some games you don't get out of the stadium until one or two yeah. in the morning, and so I'm not sure what you're going to. For, but do you have a place you like to go if there's time? Home. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's. <laughs> My wife usually has um, a lot of food ready for me because I, I can't sleep after a game, even if it's a late night. So I'll watch film and, and, um, and try to grade it. And, and, but I, I like to watch film with food, so it makes it a lot <laughs> more enjoyable. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm not picky. You don't get this body from being picky with food. So <laughs> there's not really a lot of food that I've met that I didn't, that I didn't like. 
<laughs> Do you have a go-to at home then? Is there something that that, that um, likes to make you that you just like your favorite? It's really anything that my wife cooks, so I, I'm I'm good with it. But it usually involves a lot of carbs and stuff that's not good for you. So <laughs> probably not a lot of salad. I probably need to eat more of that, but that's all right. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> Next question. Uh, how do you balance letting a player play their style, the example being Mason Way curdling or Jaron Hall running, and making sure they're protected from injuries at the same time? Well, I think you, you give them as much education as possible. And, um, you know, but I also want them to, to be free to make their plays. I, I think my job and our job as coaches is to teach them the fundamental part of the game, protect the football, and then you just kind of have to let them do their thing. You know, and and um, I want them to feel free to do it. It's like teaching someone how to shoot a layup. Once you teach them the fundamentals of a layup, they never shoot the layup that way ever again, hmm. which is fine. But the point is, as long as it goes in and scores you points, as long as our players take care of the football, I'm okay with it. As long as they don't get a penalty for celebration afterwards, I'm okay with it. Next question from at BYU underscore FQ for this one. Uh, how different playing in the afternoons instead of those 830s you've had? Uh, and do you prefer uh, one start time over the other? Just like playing football. I, I think the... You know, the one thirty time is going to be a lot of fun too. So we're we're just really excited to play football, no matter what time it is. And our guys, uh, there's there's some benefits of playing eight thirty because you get to watch other games. And uh, you know, this one we're just excited for the opportunity to play the game. So it'll get on us real quick. And you know, we we start it's around the same time that we usually start getting getting to work. At you know, our normal time is, is around 1 o'clock, so it, it's not going to be anything that's going to shock us. Okay, Colby has a question. Which leaders outside of church, family, or Lavelle do you take inspiration from and try to emulate in your life? Man, so many. I, I, I don't, I mean, the, there's so many people that, that have um, sacrificed a lot and have invested a lot of their energy and their love into me. And so I try to try to get as much advice and, and um yeah, and speak to a lot, of, a lot of people around me, whether they're business leaders or family members or church leaders, whoever they are. And I try to apply it to my life and try to apply it to my role as a, as a football coach. So there's a lot of resources out there and just honored to, to, that people are, are um, available for me to ask questions and, and help me get better. Final question. What do you enjoy most about coaching? Man, I'm, I just love connecting with every. I love the moments of being with the fans and um, seeing them happy and seeing our players happy. There's just something about it. I, I, I can't explain it. It's the, I don't know, it's just it's such a, a fun moment for me to walk out and see all the fans and their excitement and see our players. And when they're all happy, there's nothing better than that. You think he chose the right profession? Yeah, I, th I think so. I think I think uh, I think I've been very blessed to be in this profession, and just honored. It's 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 made me a better person, and so I'm very thankful for it. All right, thanks, Kalani. Good Q and A segment, and thank you, folks, on uh, Twitter for submitting those questions. I uh, get set for BYU and Boise State Saturday. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV with Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer previewing the showdown between BYU and Boise State Saturday afternoon to Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Coming up next, we'll visit live with defensive lineman Gabe Summers and wide receiver Chris Traxton is profiled in our latest edition of Deep Blue. Stay with us for that after this. Ball with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. And by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection.
Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. After playing high school and junior college ball in Southern California, wide receiver Chris Jackson has found a new home along the Wasatch Front. Tonight, we learn more about Chris's sometimes bumpy path to Provo in our latest Deep Blue profile presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. I grew up in Pomona, California. It's probably like 30 minutes from L.A. It was gangs. You're going to have to defend yourself at one point. Like, that's just the culture, really. That's really just the culture. That's something you have to watch out for. But I was never, like, into it, though. It's easy to sell drugs here. It's easy to go, you know, join a gang or such things like that. So the fact that he was able to really just, once again, keep that tunnel vision and to just kind of, you know, brush off all those things that he was going through and come perform every day at practice, every day on the field, it really amazes me. If you know Chris Jackson, he don't talk much. But yes, we was. We was homeless for seven years. My brothers and sisters was homeless. My mom, she's on the streets doing drugs. So as a 17-year-old kid, I'm like, there's only so much I can do. Like, I'm like under y'all wing. There's only so much I can do. And being, if you really love your mother, just being a 17-year-old boy, like that can bother you. Like going to bed knowing your mother is sleeping on the streets, there's nothing you can do about it. Knowing your brothers and sisters is sleeping on the streets, there's nothing you can do about it. Like my little sister, she was only like eight years old at the time. But we worked it out as a family. So as, as dad, I have a past, but I'll never teach my kids, don't repeat what I did. You have a chance, do that. I feel like that right there just motivated him and like, I'm, this is not the life I want to have for the rest of my life. So I'm going to continue football and get to where I need to get to. So no, nobody in my family has to ever struggle again. If you was to ask him, he's saying that he's working for his family. That would be like his first answer. He always tell me anything go wrong, just pray. And he just believe in God and he trusts in God with everything he does. And that's how we get through our stuff, believing in God. And that's how he get through his stuff, believing in God too. Out of high school, Chris was a very, very highly recruited player. And just due to his circumstances, wasn't able to, to take on any scholarships. He had to go to the junior college route. We were at different schools, but a lot of time I, I would go visit him out on his campus and things. And I knew he was homeless, and I knew he was sleeping in front of places and stuff. And once again, he never really showed it or always addressed it to me, but I knew. So that's why when you know, he asked for, for some food or for some shelter, you know, I would, I would try my best to provide that for him. Like a lot of guys that, went, that came straight from high school to D1, they don't understand like the Juco struggle, but it's really real. Like you're, you're in a two bedroom with like 14 people sleeping on the floor. Like that's, kind, that's how it is. You're, you might be in a three bedroom with like 20 people. That's literally how it is. There was times I probably went without eating multiple times and still had to practice multiple times. And it gets to the point where you go without eating so much, you get used to it. So it's like, you just you're going off water and crackers. Going through that made me disciplined because when you're in JUCO, you're still fighting for a scholarship. So you don't get comfortable, you're still, so now I still have that same mentality that I'll never leave. To go through his, his junior college career the way he did and to still be able to make it out and, and be, be eligible and willing to um, you know, attend university says a lot about him. It was cool to have that script flipped on me where I was thinking, huh, is this a kid we can, we're going to be able to take who can make it to BYU too? We need this kid at BYU. When Fessy actually called me and offered me, I was actually homeless at that time. 
I was um, sleeping in my car. He called me at nighttime and he offered. But when he like when he offered, it was just I cried for a long time. Yeah, I was I was a blessing. The fact that so much of the adversity he's just been through, you know, with his family, with uh, you know, being like homeless and not, I've seen Chris struggle and. That's what makes me, when I go to these games, there's no joy in the world of, of seeing him on that, seeing him on that field because of so much he's just overcome. The 46, so they need to get a full five yards. Pressure comes, a throw with the hit, and a nice delivery. That's big time. Chris Jackson with a catch for the BYU first down. For me, it's a dream come true to have guys like that here at BYU. He's, he's made our lives better. He's made our program better. And it's not just about um, making plays on the field. It's seeing someone that struggles uh, become a great example to his teammates. And um, but the struggles just all haven't just stopped since he got here. But to see him overcome it again and again and again and again, you just want him to just win all the time. So I'm hoping he gets that, that opportunity. He deserves it. So I was, I was thinking, I wonder, you know, who's happier, Chris Jackson, to be at BYU or people like yourself happy to have him here with you? Oh, our, our program is so lucky to have him. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I'm glad that, that, that the fans get to see everything about him because he's such a beautiful person. And so he's going to do some great things in this world um, and in his life. And, uh, I mean, he'll make plays and do some great things on the football field, but he's going to do some amazing things because of the experiences and the adversity that he overcame and, and his belief in God um, and his trust in people. And so he's such a loving person, a beautiful person, and I hope a lot of people can get to know him at a personal level. And on the football side of things, he's in a very deep position room, but he has a long career in front of him. He's already shown the ability to make plays when depth was required in that opener, we saw, as we yeah, he, saw there. He has so much speed and, and so much ability. Uh, the, the sky's the limit, really. He's still got a, a lot more time and a lot more opportunities to make plays. And, and looking forward, I mean, I think the fans will, will be cheering a little bit stronger because mm -hmm. it's him and because of knowing his story. So I'm glad that he was able to, to, to be vulnerable and share, and share with us his story. Agreed. Good stuff. Thank you, Kalani. All right. Uh, on the BYU football team, there are no fewer than 17 players whose dads also suited up for the Cougs. Among those legacy players is tonight's special guest. Please welcome in now defensive lineman Gabe Summers. Okay, good to see you. Have a seat. Let's, let's start off by having you shout out uh, somebody who's even more more closer to you than your parents right now. Where's, who, who'd you bring tonight? Oh, my beautiful wife, Savannah. Where's she at? She's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Savannah, for coming. Good to see you. Thanks. So, uh, family ties. Uh, you're, let, let's, let's explain who your dad was, first of all. Uh, my dad was Hiram Summers. Probably still is Hiram Summers. He still is yeah. Hiram Summers, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he played at BYU in the 90s. He played with Kalani, actually. And uh, I don't know. He's always had a huge impact on me. I've always been a proud BYU fan because of what he did here and the opportunity that he had to play here. I have pictures of me as a little kid, 
him holding me on the sideline in his pads and we're gonna have to recreate that soon. So <laughs> that'd be fun to I'll see. I'll be in pads. I don't know if I could pick him up, but hopefully <laughs> I can. And so we'll try to do that. Be hilarious. Uh, and then your dad married into a BYU football family too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my uncle Matt, my uncle CJ, my grandpa played here. Sale Ayu. Yeah, Sale Ayu. And uh, so Jason's your uncle then? Yeah, he's yeah. my uncle. And Jason's on Kalani's staff? Yeah, he is. So <laughs> it's definitely a family business, BYU football. I feel like. Uh, it's definitely a legacy, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very thankful for it. So. so can Gabe do no wrong with you right now with all these connections? Yeah, and he's a great player. That's the <laughs> thing, too. He's, he's, a, he's one of our strongest players on the team, and uh, he's, such a, he's such a happy guy. He's a great leader for our program, and uh, the guys really turn to him for his leadership. And, and it's, he's, such a, he's got a positive outlook in everything, and, and he, he, can be, he can be rough and, and tough when he <laughs> needs to be, but... Uh, I think a lot of people don't, they underestimate what this guy can do on the field and, and he's showing it and I'm glad he's on our team. It's been a while since you played high school ball, but uh, yeah. when you played high school, you played at Westlake, right? Yeah. And I think your coach for some or all of your career was another BYU guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Steve Clements, I, he played quarterback here back in the day. And yeah. I mean, the writing was on the wall. I was going to come to BYU <laughs> no matter what. I think uh, I had no choice, and I'm glad that I didn't. So Now, describe your path to Provo, because you didn't come immediately as a scholarship guy, right? No, I didn't. I actually uh, I went on my mission, and I came back, and I was just going to go to school, uh, be a student. But I had uncles on the staff. My cousin Chaz was on the team, and they were all in my ear, you know, come try, come try. I was like, I guess... Uh, I'm going to try to be Rudy and come. <laughs> and so I joined the team. I, had a, I went to the, the walk-on tryout. And uh, I think just the coaches have believed in me, given me opportunities more than, more than I, I ever thought I would get. And it's been a, a huge blessing. I've been able to play as much as I have and, and contribute. So. Kalani, not too many guys go from walk-on tryout to main rotation guy on, the, on, on, on a D-line like that. Yeah, for, as a starter and a leader for us and – um, but you know, you could tell, like you could tell that he's got, he had this athleticism and he's a little bit quirky with his style of play. I think he's, <laughs> he earned the nickname. I mean, you could tell his nickname was just cause he, he has this un, it's just, it's a, it's a, I don't know how to explain it. It's awkward a little bit. What's the nickname? <laughs> his style, but it's Gumby. Okay. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we all call him Gumby because he was so yeah. flexible, but it was like, he'd use it to his, his advantage. And and he would put people on their backs just with how much flex how, fle how flexible he was and and you know we asked him to gain a lot of weight <laughs> and so uh, you know because he, he he's used to being like a thin guy a small guy and yeah so we asked him to gain some weight and so he's kind of this small guy in a in a big man's body you know so I don't <laughs> I don't think he understands that that he's not supposed to be able to do those type of things and those type of movements and it's, but it's very athletic and and it's very dominating on the line of scrimmage. Do you embrace the Gumby nickname? I mean, that's my name, you know? <laughs> I feel like at football, the only name I get called is Gumby. That's great. So that's my name now. So uh, we talk about the connections, athletic family, and everything else, and it's beyond you. Uh, you have a sibling. You're not, well, let's put it this way. You're not the only Division One athlete in your family right now, are you? Yeah. No, my little sister is playing soccer at St. Louis University. She just scored her first goal in a game the other day, just a couple days ago. So Here it is. Yep. So she's a Billiken. Oh, yeah. She's the most nice athletic back, one in right? our family. Very nice. And her name is Madden, right? Yeah, Madden. Yeah. 
So she plays for SLU, St. Louis. Yeah. So, keep, so, so, you know, keep track. If people want to follow on social media, check it out. She scored her first career goal. She scored, I think, in the exhibition season, too. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. So she scored a couple goals. Um, I always joke that she is the number one athlete. I'm not joking, actually. <laughs> she is the most athletic I'm just grateful that uh, she's playing soccer and not football, so <laughs> I can look like I'm good in our family. <laughs> uh, your jersey number, uh, 98? Yeah. How'd you get that? Um, I was 99 in high school, and, and when I got here, Zach Daw had 99, and I, I, so I took 98, and I just feel like it's more slimming. <laughs> Makes me look uh, skinnier. The eight skinnier than nine, a little the bit maybe. The eight's a little skinnier, yeah. you know, draws the eyes down. So I like to think that it makes me look a little better. Great visuals, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. Uh, Kalani, uh, Jason Ayu, uh, who's his uncle, uh, <coughs> what, what, d does he help sometimes put a bug in your ear about certain people? Or have you known Gabe long enough and the family long enough that you were happy to bring him on that way? No, the, I mean, the whole family, I, I mean, I've, I've known their family yeah. since I was a baby, you know, but... The connection and, and the vision that Jason and Maddie and the, the whole family has is they're, they're able to project and, and see um, potential in, in, a, in, a, in a young person. So the whole part of development in our program is taking guys that, um, that may be overlooked and, and seeing how they could thrive in, in, in the environment that we provide with our, with our football program. And then, and then here's the product. And then, I mean, you can see this, he's, he's, he's got great charisma and great personality and so people are drawn to him um he could probably run the show by himself if you if you let him i may just check out for the last <laughs> segment here but uh, uh i i have so many different defensive linemen on my spotting boards right now because i need that many i think i've got 12 d linemen right now that i have on my board because basically there's only like 12 guys that play you rotate so many guys can you talk a bit about the strength and numbers uh part of this team right now i i mean i just feel like we have that that trust i feel like we've built that trust together I mean, first in the off season, and and now in the season, I feel like there's just that trust level that it doesn't matter who's in, you know, we know that they're going to get the job done, and and we're rooting for each other all the time, you know. I just feel like we have that good a good mentality in the D line room, and and there's a lot of guys who are capable of making plays and stepping up. Yeah, how much fun as opposed to how much work gets done in the D line room when you guys are together? Uh, we try to work first and then have fun, but <laughs> we do have a lot of fun in there. We your, have a lot of fun. Uh, your thoughts on the season so far to 5-0? and uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a huge blessing for sure. I feel like we had a lot to prove this year, and we still have a lot to prove. I think after last year, there were some people who were doubting us a little bit, weren't sure what we had built here. And I think as we continue game by game, we can show what we're building here at BYU. We're building, we're building something great, and, and we're really excited about it. Before we talk a bit about Boise here to wrap it up, uh, you said he had to gain some weight uh, when he got when he was a little thinner. Uh, were you providing weight gaining tips yourself, or was it, you were handing it off to other people to, to do that? Are you making fun of me, Greg? No, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you hang out with me, you're going to gain weight, that, right? So no, I, I think uh, he has the great genetics that he can gain weight, and and then he, you know he'll have the tough part of trying to lose it after done playing, but but. Uh, you could see that that um, with a little bit of weight gain, he's he's going to build more strength because he's got tons of strength in the weight room. This guy can pull up the weight, and so uh, you know that that's, that carries over to the football field. And you see how dominant he is. I mean, I'm looking forward to see what he does this weekend because this guy works extremely hard, and and he he's going to get everything that he earns because of the hard work and the belief that he 
he has from coaches and even in himself. Okay, the work you've done on Boise State, what do you think of the Broncos and the challenge they pose for you this weekend? Uh, I mean, I think they're, they're better than their, their record is. I think they're going to come really hungry. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be a battle and, and that they're going to want it and we're going to want it a lot too. So I'm really excited for that game. It's your, four, it's your fourth home game. It's a sold-out stadium, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You had amazing crowds for the first three. How cool has it been to come on out through that portal this year with a full house as opposed to, like, no one in the stands? You know, I feel like it's made a huge difference. Uh, you can't even hear yourself think. <laughs> it's so loud, you know. Uh, when we, you know, we do our little arm things and try to get the crowd involved, and they're so loud, it makes a huge impact on the game. It's just so much energy. We know that they have our back, and, and it's, it's just been super huge for us this whole year. It should be a fun Saturday afternoon. Gabe, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. I, re- I appreciate you. Thank Stick you. Stick with us. I appreciate it so much. All right, uh, folks, uh, this reminder, subscribe to the Deep Blue Audio Podcast as Jerem Jordan talks with compelling figures from Cougar Athletics each week, from Chad Lewis to Shaley Gonzalez, Mitch Matthews, Michaela Coulihan, many, many more on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. And don't forget to check out the weekly breakdown of Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review, 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Tuesday, uh, the BYU TV app Tuesday nights. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection, what's the BYU record for home wins, consecutive home wins? The answer after this, stay with us. BYU football with Kalani Sitake presented by Eight Mountain Healthcare. Tonight's trivia question from Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection, what's the BYU record for consecutive home wins? The answer there is 18. BYU is currently at 13 consecutive home wins. In case you missed it, this was Friday night in Logan. And not a bad way to send us out tonight. we got Kyle Griffiths on top of the lockers, I think, and then everyone having a good time. That was fun Friday night. Hope it's a fun Saturday for both of you guys. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. All right, have a Go great Cougs. week, guys. All right, for Gabe and Coach, I'm Greg Rubel. Have a great week. Go Cougs. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>